Welcome to the BetUS Golf, Horse Racing and Tennis Channel. It is now the last slam of 2023. It's the US Open Finals. We have the women's at 4pm Eastern Time. The men's 4pm Eastern Time on Sunday. But first of all, America's favourite sports book. So I'd like you to subscribe and also ring the bell. And if you ring the bell, that means we'll notify you. And you'll never miss any content again. If you like all your odds and your props and you want your offers because it's the 30th anniversary here at BetUS, there's so many giveaways. There's so much going on. So make sure you join in the fun by typing in betustv.com forward slash join. If you want to get in the chat, then do that. But for me, this is the BetUS drive through for the ladies. So make sure you have your orders ready because I have two boys in Vegas that want to fly through this and give you uh, all of their tips. One of them actually is holding a ticket for both the women in the final. Uh, but I'll come to you first, Alex. So that tells me that you do not hold both the tickets. But we have world number one in Sabalenka, who we did say looks like she's um, going to go all the way in this tournament. But she's also up against the US favourite, who we also thought might go all the way in Coco Goff. It's been an incredible tournament. The U.S. Open continues to deliver year after year. New players making deep runs. And this final couldn't be any better. You know, um, maybe you wanted to see Iga here, but you've got Coco Goff, the best women's player from the United States perspective, just peaking, playing the best tennis she has ever played. And for consecutive weeks now, you know, comes in with the tournament win in Cincinnati, has just blown through this draw, had a couple rough spots maybe early on, um, but is really playing just some of the best tennis of her life. And Sabalenka now, you know, someone that we've known for years to have as much talent as anybody on either side of the tour finally seems to have some of the mental stuff a little figured out. You watch that match against Madison Keys. She gets bageled in the first set. She's down a break. Madison Keys served for that match at 5-4 there, was able to get it together, win that tiebreaker, push it to a tiebreaker in the third. I expect this to be an absolutely fantastic match, and I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, before we get to the Lions five-star, you've got both. You've got Goff and you've got Saba. Uh, I'm not st- it's strange that the world number one is now Anna Sab- Sabalenka, and yet I still struggle to trust her. Yeah, you have to – we saw the last match why you can't really trust her, you know. Um, she got bageled in the first, um, you know, set. So, she's still shaky, but she's still the world number one. She's consistently been one of the best hard quarters uh, throughout her career. We expected her to be here, but we also expected Coco to be here as well. Coco, as new said, has been on fire. She just uh, won in Cincinnati before that. She won in Washington. She's been amazing on the American swings. Um, I just really um, – I'm happy that we got this matchup, man. It's going to be an exciting finals. Yeah, listen, let's uh, forget about the talent because these two are big hitters. Uh, They are quite strong. But the crowd, the crowd is going to be the biggest factor in this tournament, Alex, because we've got a homegrown girl going against the world number one. How much of a factor is that going to be early in proceedings? So if you're a Sabah fan, do you go with Sabah to win 2-1 and come from one behind? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I will say about the crowd, Coco will have the support early, but this is a fairly nuanced crowd. They get excited for good tennis, and if Sabalenka comes out, um, takes a lead here, she will steal some of that crowd support. So, uh, you know, I think, again, Coco's got a great chance here, but I worry a little bit about, um, you know, maybe that crowd aspect being a little bit overplayed here. But as we talked about before the show, this should be an absolute war. Neither one of these women ever stop they don't quit in second sets like you see from time to time there's a great chance this goes three and we'll talk about some of our bets and some of those numbers there but yeah i think that's a fine look if you're looking at it here and and, you know you're trying to find maybe a little bit of a bigger number pick a winner and pick them two one 
Yeah, but you're going to get value, whoever you go with. Five star, before we put the numbers up, I just worry about Coco and the occasion because she's never won a Grand Slam before. And Saba is going for her second in 2023. Yes, with that said, I still think that nerves are still on the side of Coco. It, it's amazing. We just talked about it. Yes, Sabs has won uh, a Grand Slam. She, we, I had her for the Australian Open at the beginning of the year. But with that said, we know that she's still rocky when it comes to uh, these type of moments where I feel like Coco has shown uh, a brand-new maturity uh, ever since we got into the American Swing. And she seemed like she's been focused uh, ever since this tournament started. Uh, I think it's, that she's always known it was hers for the taking. After she beat Iga, it, it just gave her a brand-new type of, you know, confidence in herself. And she's showing it on the court. You guys forgive me when I'm <laughs> throwing my hand a little bit. I got a fly that wants to be on the bet US TV today. <laughs> That's all right, as long as it's free. Uh, let's have a little look at these numbers because the thing is, the favourite is a fragile favourite and you're not going to get much value in the dog. The only value comes from actually picking the winner. Let's have a little look. The women's final odds is Goff at plus 105. Saba, who is world number one, at minus 125. The under over is set at 22. Now, if this goes to three sets, then we are looking at the over at minus 115. Player totals, Goff. 12, up over 12 at minus 135. Saba over 12 and a half at minus 105. 2-0. I don't fancy a 2-0, so 2-1 for each is Goff at plus 325. And Saba at plus 275. Alex, take it away because really this is a coin flip. It could be minus 110 each of two because there's no handicap. So uh, this is where I'm a little surprised. This number open around minus 115, minus 120. Seems to have settled around this minus 125. When they played in Cincinnati, Sabalenka was a minus 175 favorite. She's been a big favorite of a Coco all year. Now, we're looking at a little bit of different of Coco Goff, but the way I try to handicap and look at it, the only way I can get to this number is if you look at Goff just for Cincinnati, just for the U.S. Open. So how do you handicap this match? Are we looking at a two, three-week sample size and trying to make a decision there? Or do we have to look at kind of the bigger year and the bigger picture here? So I'm on Sabalenka. I show a lot of value in that number at minus 125. I had this closer to minus 160, you know, minus 155, somewhere in that range. But, you know, again, this is the tough part about tennis handicapping and why you need to you know, really understand why a number is in place as opposed to why, you're, you know, you just knowing you just have a different number. So, you know, I ran it. I came out with minus 55, minus 160. I kept tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. And really the market here is telling us they value this based on what Coco has done in the U.S. Open and at Cincinnati. I think, again, she can keep that tennis up, but I try to look at a longer view. So for me, the value here is in Sabalenka. I think that especially given her game and, and you know, from a tennis perspective here, um, if Sabalenka is hitting winners, it's going to be tough for Goff to get it back. As good as Goff has been the power advantage is still with Sabalenka. Their serves have been great. So I like Arena here. Give me the Amazonian Warrior Princess. Yeah. But if you look deep into these numbers, five star, you could actually go with Saba over 12 and a half at minus 105. You think this game goes three, three sets, then both. Goff and Sabalenka can go over the number of 12. Goff's at minus 135. Saba is minus 105. First big question though is do we see a tie break in the potential three sets? If we see a tie break, it'll be in the second set. I think that Coco comes out early, really focused. I think Sabalenka struggles uh, with the moment early. Coco has been jumping all over these ladies early. She's been getting early breaks in all of uh, her prior matches at the U.S. Open. I think that she continues that. Uh, if you look at these two ladies, they met five times on hard court, um, and golf leads three to two. Uh, she also has uh, won seven uh, more uh, games than uh, Sabalink has won, and she leads instead seven to six. Uh, 
So we've seen them on hard court when Coco was a lesser player. Now she's really um, popping. Now is the time where she's finally like maturing and her full game's coming along. I think that the problems that she's going to give Sabalink is this, her defense, her ability to get to balls and to make Sabalink get frustrated trying to hit past her. We know how Sabs is. If she can't uh, get those quick games, she gets frustrated. She does not want to get into rallies. As long as Coco protects that forehand, which she's been on, and she's been focused ever since uh, Washington about getting her feet set and being able to not make any forehand errors, I think she wins pretty easily, guys. I think that she dominates Sabalink in this match. Oh, yeah, just a quick one, though. Do we see 2-0? For either girl, because if we don't see 2-0, then I've got it here. That if we've got the first set, just say 6-4, and then it's 6-7, then one of the girls is already on 12 going into the final set, and one of the girls is on 11. I'm looking at the team totals, Alex, and thinking 12 and a half and 12 is very, very achievable here. It yeah, is, I'm... but... Go ahead, Flash. Go ahead, Okay. Yeah, so I agree, Flash, here. I mean, the 12, the 12 and a half there, but, you know, again, as we sort of talked about before the show, I, I think that... You're going to find a little bit of value in that 2-1 price, in that over 2.5 cents price. You Or just play the tiebreaker. you know. And, yes, tiebreaker in this uh, match, I believe, was somewhere around plus 200, something like that. So, uh, you know, there's I think there's a little better ways to, you know, slice that onion. Okay, remember, 4 o'clock Eastern. Saturday is the women's final um, in New York. Let's have a little look at the official picks because, remember, you haven't got long to get them bets in, so get over to betus.com and fly through them. Remember, Sabalenka is a money line pick for Noobs at minus 125. The first set over nine and a half games is a plus 100, so 6-4 and anything above that, you're getting paid. First set over 10 and a half at plus 275, 5-7, 6-7, 7-6, anything like that, and you're going to get paid again. Five stars gone, Goff, all the way to come out the traps. And remember, there's been so many lopsided first sets since the quarterfinals. Uh, producer, just a little bit too quick for me there. Can you just flick back, please, so that I can read uh, five stars uh, picks? He's also got five stars gone. First set, Goff, money line at plus 100. Alex has gone first set over 12 and a half at plus 500 for the first set to be uh, in the tiebreaker. And Sabalenka to lead after four, no, be a tie after four games. So basically 2-2 two, two after four games in the first set is at plus 125. And a tie at three all after six games at plus 175. Producer, can you just flick back to the uh, graphic before, please, for me? There you go. So it's Goff money line for Andre at plus 105. Goff plus one and a half games on the overall handicap at minus 120. And first set score after two games is 2 0 Goff at plus 330. So what we want there is Goff to fly out to a 2 0 lead and then Saba break back. And then we've got the 2-2 two, two as well. So we just sacrifice one, but we pick up two. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the women's sorted out. So make sure you enjoy that as Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern. Um, and it's going to be an unbelievable one because you've got the world, new world number one going for a second slam against Coco, who's a local girl, going for her first slam. Okay, let's have a little look at now. We're going to go to the men's because it's 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. And... Alcaraz didn't quite make it because he was outgunned by Daniel Medvedev. Both of these boys, Djokovic and Medvedev, both former winners. Djokovic was backed in from like plus 185 down to like minus 110. I think it was minus 105. A lot of money Alex went on Djokovic. I'm not seeing, I'm seeing all the value really on the, uh, on the underdog here. It's a really tough match to handicap. Last time they played 
in this stadium. It was a U.S. Open final. Novak Djokovic loses in three sets to Daniel Medvedev. Medvedev played some great tennis, but you got to go back and look at kind of how that tournament set up and uh, how much different of a U.S. Open Novak Djokovic has had. Um, you go back to that 2021 final. Djokovic had been coming through some absolute battles, had a five-set win over Zverev in the semifinal, had to beat Berrettini in four sets in the quarterfinal. Jensen Brooksy, a young American, really ran him ragged in the round before that. Nisha Corey, who just grinds everyone down to a nub the match before that. So you know, by the time he got there, you're looking at somebody in Novak who's pretty beat up. This is the exact opposite setup. Novak has only dropped one set here so far. That was in the third round against Laszlo Gier. He's been basically just blowing through everybody here, and the level of talent hasn't been as great. This will be by far the best player he's had to face. So I think you have to respect him and you know what he does here. Um, it seems like since losing to Alcaraz and Wimbledon, uh, that almost reignited him. You know, you watch the way he played Cincinnati. You watch the way he's sort of talking in some of these press conferences here. So I think Medvedev. What I will say about Medvedev, he does not lose matches. You are you, He is not going to beat himself. He is going to come out. He is going to press. He's going to get balls back. He's going to make you hit winners. And Djokovic can do that, but I agree. I mean, you start to look at this line here. Uh, there's almost certainly some value in Medvedev, but I think we're looking at Djokovic here winning his third, third slam of the year. And it, kind of hilariously, he's going to miss the calendar slam because of Wimbledon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing when you look at these numbers because you don't see a straight sets win for either gentleman, uh, Andre. Medvedev obviously has won before, and now he is a plus 205 dog with Djokovic at minus 250. 3-1 uh, each of two. Medvedev at plus 750 to win 3-1, and Djokovic is plus 290. You think it's a five-setter, you've got plus 800 on Medvedev and Djokovic at plus 500. Five-star, where do you go with this? Because the under-over total games is set at 39.5. It won't go five sets. If it goes five sets, then my ticket is dead because Medvedev isn't a good five-set player. I think that Medvedev wins this match. Um, if you guys remember, before the tournament started, everyone was talking about Alcaraz and Djokovic, and Medvedev made a slick comment <laughs> to the press right before the U.S. Open about how everyone's talking about those two players, and I think he's been extremely motivated this entire tournament. His favorite place to play, as you guys know, the only place that he's won a Grand Slam is at Flushing Meadows at the U.S. Open. He loves the crowd. He loves being an antagonist to that crowd. Uh, he feeds off of that energy, and he's going to come to play. Believe that, and he's right now, as we speak, sitting in this uh, hotel room playing chess against himself, preparing for this match. I really like everything that Medvedev brings to the table. He's the best hard quarter in the world. I think he's passed that, past Djokovic uh, with that claim with Djokovic's last couple years of, you know, taking time off and not playing as many matches as he's played before. Daniil Medvedev is prepared for this match. He's ready to shock the world. Uh, he hears everyone only thinking about Carlos and thinking about uh, Djokovic. So I really believe that he's going to be fired up and he's going to come with an unbelievable game plan. Like Noob said, he doesn't beat himself, and I think he wins this match. The mental strength of both of these, Alex, though, is off the charts because Medvedev's like your silent assassin who's been serving brilliantly. Dare I say it, probably he's had the best serve in this tournament. I remember, and Djokovic has not been invincible. He was two sets down on, uh, on one occasion. He's lost the first set on one occasion, but then he comes out in the semifinal and just goes straight sets. I'll see you in the final. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be an awesome match. So you look at that total, 39.5, that's too low. This should be somewhere in the 41-42 range. You know, if we get four sets like I'm expecting, that number goes over comfortably. And as someone that likes to back Novak here, again, I think he wins, but I'm not playing that minus 250. I don't want to lay the minus 4.5 game handicap. There's a great chance we see a couple tiebreakers here. Like you said, both of these guys know how to work their way through a set. They're comfortable getting to that tiebreaker. So I was looking at some stuff like that. I think that 3-1 on Novak, that's one of my favorite bets. If you've been watching the show the last few years, we get to a Grand Slam final. I love Novak 3-1 in some of these finals because, again, you're getting to the, the last match here. Everyone's a little tired, and we know Novak is ha ha happy to drop a set. If he is down a break or two, he knows, let me just let this one go. I've got more opportunities here. And, you know, he generally does not sweep in these matches. So 3-1 there in Djokovic at plus 290 looks great to me. Five side, do you think Medvedev takes the first set? Because it, I, I, for me, if he goes one set down, I think that it's going to be a massive uphill uh, struggle for him. But if he comes out and gets one nil, it is one. Of, it's a leveler straight away, and the minus two hundred five will become minus one hundred five each of two. Yes, I definitely think that uh, Medvedev takes the first set. Medvedev has been tested with, by a lot better competition going into this match. He's a little sharper, I believe, than Djokovic right now. Djokovic has been playing. He had an easy road, as we guys know. You know, like it was an easy road here. Last uh, uh, match he had uh, Shelton, Ben Shelton, uh, young kid, played over his head. Great performance at U.S. Open, but come on, is he really ready to face guys like Djokovic, you know? And um, I think that Medvedev uh, is razor sharp right now. He just beat the number one player in the world. Well, now he's facing the number one player in the world. It seems like those guys switching back and forth every week. But, um, Carlos has been the number one player in the world all year, and uh, he took care of his business, and he had lost that prior match uh, to him, and uh, he made his adjustments, and uh, I think that he's going to be really prepared for Djokovic. He has an outstanding record against him. He's won five of the 14 matches that they played head-to-head. -head. It's none of the next-gen guys like him that has that type of success against Djokovic, so he will not come into uh, this match, like most people are, where they're like really afraid of Djokovic and, oh, I'm playing against the greatest player of the GOAT. He doesn't approach this match like that. He's going to approach it strategically, and I think that he gets it done. He's a chess master, and uh, he loves playing the U.S. Open, so I think that Daniil Medvedev raises his second title. Yeah, both are going to be very, very comfortable because they've both lifted the trophy uh, at this venue, Alex. Maybe put a little bit more meat on the bone for me. How does Medvedev actually win this title? Again, just continuing to pressure Djokovic, making him move. It's you know, it's kind of what Djokovic does to everybody else. You listen to the way they talk about they have to play him. He just grinds you down and grinds you down. Um, you know, one of my favorite tweets from Andy Roddick this year, um, earlier, I believe it was the Australian Open, maybe the French Open. You know, at first he comes for your legs, and then the rest just gets to be tougher. But not Medvedev, you're not going to tire him out. He, 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 I imagine he could play tennis for 10 hours if he had to. So Medvedev just has to stay in there deal with the adversity. He probably will get broken. Djokovic is one of the best returners in the history of tennis and just continue to be level-headed, you know, just kind of like he was in that Alcaraz match. He comes out, wins the first two sets. Alcaraz steals that third set and the crowd. There was a lot of pressure on Medvedev there in that fourth set. He took a little break, calmed himself down, and played some great tennis. So he's just got to stay sharp between the ears, like we talk about every year in these men's finals when we're in best-of-five tennis. It's really about what you've got inside your head, and I think Medvedev has it. So if he can stay cool, he can get through some of the adversity I do expect him to face. He just has to survive, and he can do that. 
Okay, let's have a little look at the official picks for the men's final. Remember, it's at 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. Your presenter, I'm bowed out. I'm like leaving this to the big guns. So basically, Djokovic to lose the first set and win the match at plus 350. Also likes the free one, Djokovic. Tiebreaker in the match, yes, is at minus 150. So that gives you just that little bit of ammo. Five-star Medvedev money line plus 205. Not complicating it. And Medvedev plus four and a half games over the course of the match at minus 115. The next set is Djokovic, 3-1 at plus 290, as we said, over 39 and a half games at minus 104. So we're looking at maybe we're going to need at least four sets or at least... Uh yeah, I, th I think the four sets is probably the way to go here. Medvedev, and uh, you're just going to leave that five-star here. Medvedev money line and Medvedev at plus four and a half. Um, Andre, would you be brave enough to go with Medvedev if Djokovic won the first set? Because if Djokovic wins the first set, we're looking at Medvedev at, like, what, plus 420? Yeah, I definitely would jump in live and take him. I, I think that Daniil has the right mindset uh, right now, and I, I just really like how he played against Alcaraz. I, I think that these... Um, all this press coverage on, on Alcarez and Djokovic has uh, woke up a sleeping line. He wants to show everyone that, hey, I'm right up here with the top players in the world as well. And this is his chance on his favorite surface. Okay, uh, just uh, now's the time. If you've got any questions, then get yourselves in the chat. Um, I see that Harry Docker is in there. Hey, Harry, I hope you're well. I hope Medvedev wins. I like seeing Djokovic lose. <laughs> I mean, you, you must be the unhappiest tennis watcher in the world. He's like one more Grand right. Slam than anyone in existence. You must be, must be like pain. You must love pain. You love watching Djokovic lose. He very, very rarely uh, does. Let me just remind you, though, to please subscribe to this channel because we cover all the golf majors. We cover the horse racing of the Triple Crown, the Travers, and then it will be the Breeders' Cup as well. And nine races we'll cover on Breeders' Cup Day and obviously the four Grand Slams on the uh, tennis circuit as well. Um, and if you do like your odds and your props and all your gifts, offers and... Anything else that we're throwing at you because it is the BetUS 30th birthday, then type in betustv.com forward slash join. Um, there's so much going on. There's so much for you to uh, benefit. So please make sure you do do that and don't be uh, lazy. So the q and I'm just having a quick look here. Harry Dockerty again says Djokovic over four and a half aces at minus 116. And Medvedev over seven and a half double faults, uh, again, around the minus 115, minus 116. I'm not so sure about that, to be honest. He has been serving better than anybody, and I think that's what got him through the Alcaraz match. I think yes. Alcaraz was made to look ordinary, because when it when it came down to it, Medvedev, he served great, and he also returned great as well. Okay, let's have a little look at all the best bets. Okay, you stick with me here because we're going to go with Sabalenka. Money line at minus 125 for Alex Sabalenka. First, oh no, the first set will be over nine and a half at plus 100. First set over ten and a half at plus 275. And the first set over 12 and a half at plus 500. Looking for the tiebreaker to cash them all there. Uh, for Lead after the four game will be a tie. 2-2 two, two after four games at plus 125 for Alex. Five stars gone. Goff money line. Plus 105, Goff, plus one and a half games overall at minus 120. First set score after two games, 2-0 two to Goff. Goff Sabalenka, first set, Goff, money line at plus 100. And Medvedev money line at plus 205. Uh, five stars gone, 
Medvedev plus four and a half at minus one one five overall. Also likes Medvedev at plus two oh five on the money line. Uh, lead after six games for Alex in the women's is a tie for real at plus 175. Uh, Djokovic to lose the first set and win the match at plus 350 uh, in the men's final. Tiebreaker in the match, yes, at minus 150. Djokovic to win 3-1 at plus 290. Djokovic, Medvedev, over 39.5 games total at minus 105. Um, well, I really, I'm really looking forward to both of these finals over the weekend. But there's so much going on. And if you are going to do yourself a favour, go over and watch maybe the college football show with Gary Seegers and the boys. But it's week one of the NFL and the Mount Rushmore of Steve Fezzik, Las Vegas Chris and Jared Smith sitting in the middle. You're not going to get a better tr uh, threesome. I was going to say, well, yeah, threesome is like going to be the best way to go about it, but it just gives Maybe me... Maybe a, a trio? Horrible... Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to go with trio more than a threesome, triad? you know, because the threesome's just putting me off my game a little bit there. But <laughs> Basic's my not... guy. <laughs> yeah, Steve, listen. Steve's my guy, yep. Yeah, Steve could be your guy. Las Vegas Chris could be Alex's guy. Jared's everyone's guy. You're gonna... It just covers all the bases. And the brains in there, no disrespect you two, but we're talking capping at a different level because it's a different sport. You know, it's one yeah. of those where they don't, it, it's, it's completely different the way they go about things. And it's an education for even people like us who think, that, yeah. um, no, listen, we, we are successful in what we do, but they take it to the nth degree. So I, I just love the way that Jared gets the information out of them. So please go over, subscribe to the NFL channel. And remember, it is the 30th uh, anniversary, so there might be different prizes over there for you. Uh, Alex, before we go, we're going to go with... Uh, going to go with the two world number ones, Sabah Djokovic double. Nice and boring for me. Give me the two favorites here. And I do like what you said about the NFL show. You know, we're only handicapping one match. They have 16 games to talk about this weekend. Uh, you're not going to find a better place to do that. And happy birthday to the folks at BetUS. I didn't know it's been 30 years. Congratulations. That's a, that's a mark most places don't meet. No, exactly. And the other thing is with the NFL, it is one of those where Sometimes it's best to not have a bet. Sometimes it's best to walk away. And it is one of those where you don't lose anything, if you, but you gain knowledge if you just watch. Uh, Andre, you've gone with basically both the dogs because the value is there all the way. And congratulations on having futures uh, tickets on both Goff and Sabalenka. Yes, everything is bright on schedule. Remember what I tell you about Medvedev. He's really focused, guys. I'm telling you, and... Djokovic did himself no favors when he stooped down to Ben Shelton's level with the tactics at the end of the match. Okay, that teased me up absolutely brilliantly. So from Alex, from Five Star, from everybody at BetUS, enjoy both the men's and the women's finals. <laughs>